everybody, and welcome back to The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. Single ladies bells as the chase continues, as Wonder Woman goes into full sprint again. Flashback, a bunch of young Amazon-like women, muscular, and among them, they're racing in some Olympic-type competition. The image is so quick, it's almost subliminal. Back to present, as the suspect reaches the next block, now logged in the traffic, he leaps onto the hood of the car, starts running across the car, car, car tops. Wonder Woman follows pursuing. This continues until the suspect reaches a tour bus. He's forced to jump down, as fluid as a track star. The bus is no longer powerful for Wonder Woman. She bounds up to the top of it, runs across the top, but on top of the moving van behind it, she was down. Her POV. There he is, looking around. Now, Joe, she's gone. He's all hers. Resume. She leaps down and aggressive swan dive upon him. But just before the landing, our suspect is crossbody blocked by a Marilyn Monroe lookalike in drag. Wonder Woman is nothing but pavements. Marilyn Monroe, excitedly, I got him! The suspect fires a crisp bite, stunning Marilyn, who releases. Marilyn Monroe, I got him! The suspect takes off and the chase continues. Wonder Woman sighs, there'll be one of those nights. The suspect sprints back toward the Kodak Theater with pedestrian traffic. In fact, there's a movie commercial crowd gathering. Wonder Woman pursues, but as she crosses the streets, she suddenly gets hit by an approaching cop car. As she flies, flashback. special guest carly lane what's up carly thus quoth the raven what the f (laughs) (laughs) if this show makes it to air and becomes a hit what's next poe miami ernest hemingway medical examiner (laughs) hey carly (laughs) hi and and we're i'm returning again this week for more insanity uh our other guest lisa schindinger what's up lisa Do you guys realize that Hamilton owes everything it is to (laughs) Poe? I mean, you're not wrong. So, I mean, that's a really roundabout way of saying we we watch one of the most insane things we'll probably watch on this show. Uh, Poe. Well, it's up there. It's up there. It's a close second. It's a close second to that and maybe John Doe. But uh, we watched Poe, the unaired pilot. This episode one, obviously, and the only episode of this a failed TV, whatever. I don't even know what you want to say. I don't feel like it's a show. If you look it up it's on IMDb, not a show. no. If you look it up on IMDb, it's a TV movie. 
Well, yeah. that's what they do with all pilots. But still, I think this is more so than the rest. Really, really on purpose. Because it genuinely is a TV movie. <laughs> it's an event. to believe. Yeah, it's an event television kind of moment. But, um, I... I don't know how to really describe this. We're gonna have to just kind of go right into it, but essentially, the end. You're right, but there is so much more. It's it's a delight. <laughs> it's a true delight. Like I cannot recommend. If you have a way to find to watch this, I really recommend it. We are gonna do our absolute best to go beat by beat through it because it's very hard to come by. We're lucky we have Latoya here who has, I mean, always obviously with the Wonder Woman expert uh, excerpt always slaved over trying to find great unaired pilots that are really treasured because these things don't ever really go to air and if you don't get to see them during that like one failed moment you'll never see them ever and this is an example of why that's such a like a sad sad thing because not only does it star Natalie Dormer it has mm-hmm. a I guess you would say like a supporting cast which includes Leslie Odom Jr. and From Hamilton <laughs> the entire Hamilton. premise is insane yeah <laughs> But the entire premise is just, I mean, it, it, it is the kind of thing that only could have gotten on the air in 2002, like, but somehow it got on to a pilot in 2011, and then it's <laughs> gone that. That's true. Most of my notes are this is just proto-castle, but we'll get into the, exactly why that's the case. But I think this is very much... I mean, the same reason that, that Sleepy Hollow felt a little bit dated, too, very quickly, is because it feels like something that's a very 2000s kind of thing, especially with the, anach- the anachronistic music is over the top with the show, more so than I've seen on, like, any other show, practically. This is one of the worst you know, I think I've seen. I was I uh, binged on Underground this weekend, which also okay. does that, the, the anachronistic music, but it does it to really great effect. Like, it works so well in the universe of the show. And the whole time I kept thinking about Poe, like, man, if only Poe had managed to do that the right way. Like, yeah, but it didn't. Yes, but I don't have like specific notes on it. But please, if you have something to bring up. shows that feels like 25% concept, 75% network. Which is yeah. to say that it could have been a great show, but they like pretty much twisted it upside down and said that's not going to work for us, we're going to do it something a little bit different, and change the entire concept of the show in a lot of ways. Because it really does, it's like a sexy version of Poe solving crime, which is nuts. Because that's not how that show could have been pitched. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but Poe is not sexy. That's the whole thing about Edgar Allan Poe. He's a complete uh, nutcase. Do you not remember Edgar Allan Poe from which is, which is East End? I mean, we did commentary on his episodes. Right. That's a very specific type of Poe, though. And also, he was also demented at the time. But, like, this is, like... They're trying to make Poe into basically, like, this suave, like, 
I would call it, like, the, the vibe they're giving him is very Richard Castle kind of vibe, which is a rich dude or, or well-to-do dude. Almost a little bit Sherlock Holmes, but they don't want to go too far into Holmes because it's obviously it's American. But I, I don't know well, what they're trying for here. It's beautiful, They're but trying it's for Sherlock meets CSI meets Castle. Like, pre- yeah. I mean, I remember Pre-cast. there were a couple of notes in the script where it talks about, like, um, Celeste's drawings are supposed to be crime scene photos. Like, they're super detailed, which, like, she was sketching in one scene, and then she hands over the picture, and I was like, what? <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> that was straight insane. Let's get right into it. We can go on and on about the concept on its own, but really, I think that we'll do everybody a better service by just kind of going through the, the actual, like, plot, because there's something about seeing this for your own eyes that's never going to be quite the same, and I think the best we could do is try to describe it as best we can, because you're never going to truly understand what we're trying to tell you until you, like, hear a little bit more about what basically, actually goes on. Basically, let's bribe me up and then you're a pirate, basically. <laughs> well, so you know, <laughs> Atlas Mergs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I accept bribes. Nice. I'm totally so, unrelated to that. I'm just going to mention that Leslie Odom Jr. is so beautiful. Not that yes. that should sway anyone into contacting Latoya for a copy of this. He is great in this, even though he's only in a couple of those, like scenes. He's still yeah. very charming. Yeah. If he uh, had played Poe, I think it would have had a better chance. Hmm, that would have been. Are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what? Not the time. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying the network would have picked it up. I'm saying it would have been a better show. <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't think it would have gone to series, but it would have no. been a pilot, basically. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately. But I would still love to see and uh, maybe nowadays you could just recast it with Poe as Leslie Hunter Jr. and then just redo the entire pilot with him. Maybe it would get made. I don't know. But, they need um, to do a stage reading of the pilot today ooh. and have Leslie Odom Jr. play like play Every everyone. <laughs> Every, Leslie Odom Jr. has everyone, and but like bring back the cast and do like a stage reading. I would I would watch the hell out of that. But so the 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 episode begins like just begins. I and I say that like the first half a millisecond of the episode, you're zooming out of a raven's eye into the current day. And it's, as soon as, my first note is just like, I'm in. I'm, I'm absolutely in. This is terrible, but it's perfect. Like, it, basically, you're, you're, the camera is inside the eye and it just zooms all the way out. It's so good. And then the piano is, there's a piano playing itself, which is supposed to be like, ooh, spooky. And it's playing, playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, but it's in a, it's adagio. But the thing is, the minute this, this, this scene ends, it's back to like, Camp, camp, camp! This is a charming little show. Like it's never actually that dark a show, which is kind of bizarre. Do you think it's camping in that moment where it becomes soap stockings in the 1840s? Like, come on, like, what am I in the world? It is. It's perfect. The but so. Well, my next note here, after having seen that, which I mean, if you, I'll link in the in the description the the slow down adagio version of Moonlight Sonata, but it's that dun dun dun. It's very very like you'll know the song, but um, it's very creepy. And this is, like, my first note besides I'm in is, <laughs> but my first note besides I'm in is this is all I want in a show called Poe. Like, this is exactly, <laughs> this, this, they're nailing it, basically. Like, this part of it is for, for sure perfect. I also want to note uh, this crimson shirt, crimson beak living honestly. Yeah, she's real creepy, kind of vacant eyes, but, like, still, like, walking around talking. So you think, like, maybe she's either evil or you don't know what the full story is. And she goes upstairs from where she's left the piano to play itself, um, and there's a dude in a bath 
in moonlight or like candlelight and moonlight and he's just sitting there she steps in then has these weird veins on her back and then just straight up stabs him the wine he was drinking spills out and then the name Poe <laughs> gets spilled out of the uh, the letters P-O-E of the, of the wine spill out and I was like yep this is the best pilot we've ever watched just from there like straight up perfect everything about it was flawless um and then we get on top of, like, as if that wasn't enough. Like, that was already, like, I was on board for that. Then it fades upwards to smoke, and it says Boston 1840s in smoke. And I'll try and, like, put some, maybe some some um, screen caps of this in, in the description, too, so you can see what we're saying here, because it's so insane. But as soon as it's finished, like, fading up into smoke, we have, like, can-can dancers kick away the smoke. <laughs> And that's, like, the fucking beginning of the show. So, that's literally the first 20 seconds of the show. Again, network magic, because basically the introduction to the, the show is, like, what the trailer for the pilot was. Because, mm-hmm. uh, in the script, it, like, it goes from all, like, the, like, the title card to him, like, already being in jail. Oh, that was like, nuts. And I said his voice was so on Poe. Like, I'm not super familiar with Poe's work, but it just did not sound like No, Poe. and he had that really, like, generic, like... Yeah, like, yeah, California right. dude, like, not eight... Like, it was funny how the show took all this real careful attention to, like, period clothes, but then they would, like, fuck up a detail... So they like do did all the stuff to did they to, take that much close attention to your no, clothes? But they, they because did I have a lot to say about most like, of Natalie Dormer's That whole thing everything. of we're in Baltimore or we're in New York City in, in the night in the eighteen forties, and then here comes this guy who's like, "Yeah, man, let's go to the mall." Like I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I, mean, I wish I could see Chris. A guy who looks like Chris Egan in this pilot. I wish I could see them at the mall. I'll go to the mall right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's the most attractive Chris Egan ever looked. But I don't even know who he is. I don't even really remember what he's narrating. He's just kind of narrating about his life as Poe. And then he's drawing this Sarah who he's chasing. And he's drawing it like... Again, like... The, the... <laughs> yes, we did. But also, like, the drawing that he's that he's doing is just more of like a... Look, we can't do photographs here, so we're gonna have to work with what we got, everybody. So they're, like, all amazing artists in, like, no time at all. And, um... He's told that the commissioner of, I guess the police commissioner of Boston is where he's living now, needs his help in order to find this this murderous woman who's, we just saw murder a guy in a tub. Because it's, done, it's gotten to the rich guys and now they can't stand this anymore. And I, it, this is where I, my notes begin, like, this is proto-castle. This is literally the plot of what happens in Castle. They have to have a writer come in and use his writerly skills to try and tell them how, like, the red herrings are screwed up and how to try and figure out the narrative here beyond like again it's like police officers have never done their own work for them and um even though this came at least at the beginning which they burned out very quickly It's a little. It's it's also very very like similar to Sleepy Hollow. Obviously, he's not an author in that sense, but it has a very, like, he's 
of this like dark world and she's just a cop trying to do her job even though she's not she's just also a person who's there but she acts as if she is the cop in this situation she's just a journalist but getting to that she's in a minute that's Natalie Dormer yeah she's the she's, skeptic she's which kind of comes across role. like she's a cop yeah. but neither of them should be solving this case where are the police involved with this? <laughs> there's no police there's no oversight for a second I know it's 1840 but still like ugh, Jesus it was nuts but, the the um, police just show up afterwards and they go, oh, thanks. And then they say, like, right? you're, you're, oh, you're a pain in my ass. But you, <laughs> yeah, but, you, so, but you do a good job. Like, it's so, It's, it's like a know. minute away from saying, like, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> right, right. It's like Kevin McNally. Or shite. You know, I guess it's like 1840. The, yeah. I'm getting too old for this He's the stereotypical, like, sergeant who just shows up, like, five minutes after they get the guy. And he's like, oh, thanks for doing my job for me, you know. And the only, the only real, like, I would say, well, there's a couple times, but one of the only major, like, um, conflict moments of the episode is when they're, like, off the case temporarily, which is, like, <laughs> of course, like, they were never on the case. What are we talking about here? This is ridiculous. They're not police. But, he's supposed um, to be a consultant. He's not, like, they're not deputizing him. They're not giving him any invested. Like, he's just going off and solving the case but himself. the thing is, how can you consult? Like, the word consult usually involves, like, being there and talking to a cop. There's never a cop there. Most right, of the time it's just right. him on his own. Having a but cop But he gets consultants. You. He gets consultants to come in and consult with him. <laughs> yeah, the cops are insane in this. But, um... He figures out the basically. <laughs> what? <laughs> she don't say. Um, the, he gets the. He realizes that the agility, blah blah blah, of the subject person he's looking at must mean she's possessed, which is like the most basic. Like, of course she's somehow possessed. The stuff she's supposed to be doing oh, is insane. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he has to try and insist that. And um, he's gonna check the crime scene, which again, it was so is so 1840s. He's just all over this crime scene, like there's no fucking problem with him being all over the crime scene. And um, he he explains his mission statement, which is the show's mission statement, which is I only want to spare others the pain that the supernatural has caused me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my god, like I I love I love this show for the camp that it is, but there's moments where it just gets so like up its own butt, it's nuts. But um. <laughs> It's, he, he, they basically say, um, the, 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 the commissioner says to him, like, bring me results or my generosity ends. And he's going to basically try and, you know, put him in jail for many other, like, I guess, poses over, like, he very Sherlock Holmes all over town, breaking crimes in order to do whatever he feels like fucking doing. Um, so he calls in Natalie Dormer, but meanwhile, she's, she's across town calling a psychic a fraud and writing about it for the paper. And this is where, when she's first introduced, from the get-go, I was just so furious that her hair has, like, a full-on blowout because it's 1840, and that looks insane. I don't <laughs> hate it because it's Natalie Dormer. Okay, what's the context of this group on ABC? I understand that we can call bullshit for a lot of things, but this is on ABC. I get it. Easy, breezy, A, B. I get it, but it's just, it is very notable. <laughs> like, it is, it's very it distracting. ridiculous compared to the rest of the hair on the set. I, lost, yes, I have. Of course. I don't love that either. I just think that they at least tried at times to make it look like somewhat ugly hair, whereas this is just from the get-go. She basically looks like she like is in a, like, uh, 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 what do you call them? Like a Garnier Freak Tease commercial. She's in like but, an uh, Herbal Essences commercial, yes, legitimately. Yes. 
The I mean, she looks time. great. I'm not complaining no. about it. But. Well, that's the thing. She's distracting anyway, and then it's like you put her in a vest and a and a and give her that hair, and you're like, yeah, I'm not paying attention to anything that's going on. That's yeah, why that's I wonder, like, why was this network note to to so firmly establish it in the time frame? Like when they were playing so fast and loose. The, with that, I know that's yeah. when you stood out. Like so, it was it was like a sore thumb. I loved it, but it was still ridiculous. Well, and there's things like they didn't. I feel like they just didn't pick a pick an angle and commit to it fully. So you'd have like conversations yeah. in the beginning where Poe's talking to the to the cop Kevin McNally guy, and and he says stuff like, "Oh, uh, you know, he's talking about his ex, and he's like, oh, I guess she's getting married to her new stupid boyfriend.' I'm like, they wouldn't say boyfriend, like you, you know what I mean? So like stuff like that would always kind of throw me off because they didn't like just commit to it being what was it eighteen, you know, eighteen hundreds, and then they would like throw in modern slang and it just it like completely threw me off every time yeah it, it gets more and more it, it keeps unraveling further and further and, <laughs> and, and I, I, again i want to preface this all with like i feel like at least myself i don't know if you guys can agree with me is that i i, I jest by these things because i find them adorably ridiculous <laughs> i don't oh, i don't oh, hate totally. them no i just totally. find it like absolutely delightful that they just do not in, in one way they just don't care or they well, didn't care it, yeah. or the mandate was to not care i don't care it's just beautiful well but what so, i like is like <laughs> Like, from, if you go from the script to the pilot, like, you can see the script committed. Like, and, yes. like, Latoya mentioned earlier, these all there's all these mentions of, like, like Poe stories, like, little details. And it even says things like, Poe fans will recognize that this girl is so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bless the and, heart, Poe fans. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. Well, but but yeah, then the network gets its hands on it, and it turns it into this piece of shit. Oh, yes, like, will. they yeah. start, like, they get in there, and they're like, oh, well... You know, we're in the business of making television. We're going to make it better, and they make it into a total shit. Like, yeah, it's, it's they ran so into the it is yeah. it is. It reminds me of like Skin or something like that, where it's just sort of like you don't know where the network ends and, and and begins because it could be all of it, it could be none of it. But it really feels like they had a huge hand in it. And you just can't even like they've made so many changes you can no longer see. It's like that old proverb. It's like. Is it is it the same boat you started out with if you change every part of the boat by the end of the day? Because yeah. it's basically a different boat. But um but so there's <clears throat> this is my notes here where everything starts to really like fall like the banter that they have, everything is just both like both amazing and infuriating because like we were saying it's very anachronistic. And Actually, this you reminds know what I, me what I really liked, because uh, we get this introduction to her character and you think she's just yes. like a lady reporter, but the first thing she says to Poe is I like I gave you space. Like she works for him. And doesn't turn right. in turn in any stuff, and I thought that was like really cute, like a great way. To, but then the whole rest of the dynamic between them doesn't make sense, given that. Like, I, 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 <laughs> I kept trying to figure out where like, to pin them down, and never made that much sense. I guess they were kind of like a almost like it kind of came off like a brother sister vibe, but then you could tell that there was also like a romantic thing kind of there. It was well, hard yeah, because it's Natalie Dormer. Like, yeah, it's true. You're just with the possessed like, woman. I was like Natalie. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh right. yeah, and and he definitely like implies that when they're together, but it, it certainly seems like she's the one making those decisions. So you can't really tell. There's a lot of backstory that probably would have been delved into further if the series had gone on longer. Yeah. But didn't um, the this... friend die? Didn't her? He was because they were engaged. Like his friend that yeah, she was like engaged, and then he died. Yeah, he died it. mysteriously with huge quotation marks around mysteriously because right. it's Poe. But this is what my notes. I, I this is what I said about this because I mean, this whole point of the episode and the rest of it from here on out reminded me basically of it. If I want to describe it to people who haven't seen the pilot, it's like an episode of Castle where they wander into the, the set of the village 
and then never leave, <laughs> and no one's commenting on everything about how, like, this is well, kind of weird, like, isn't it? <laughs> this is, like, set in the 1800s. You know, actually, that kind of makes sense. I wonder now, like, if you could, you could probably rewatch this and think of it like it's one of Castle's dreams. Yes. Like, <laughs> like it's what Castle sees when they're going around investigating a mystery, and he's, yeah, he's pretending was. that he's Poe, and he has, like, this whole elaborate thing, but he gets all the details wrong, and so yeah. that's why she's got the blowout, and the, yeah. the grammar. Or, I mean, the, it also kind of comes across, like, like how they do those little, like, special quirk episodes, where they go into, like, a weird, like, the vampire clan, where everyone's obsessed with vampires, and they go into that, and they, like, yeah. or the they start to believe in the hype and stuff. Yeah. But this is, like, the whole concept is, like, that. And it never goes out of that. It just stays there this whole time. Which, I, I, not to say that I dislike that, but it's, like, certainly a very specific style of TV. Which, if you're not interested in that, you're going to get a hell of a lot of that. And you're going to have to deal with it. Because this is where, like we were saying before, we find out that his best friend died. And he left the newspaper that he had to um, Dormer to take over while he, in his stead, now that he's not there anymore. And, um, I, I don't... This whole scene is, is a lot of, like, backstory stuff. It's mostly just banter. I did grab one of the lines, which I thought was really ridiculous, even though I loved it. It's like, I'd say that the wild tongue is exactly the way to land a husband. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff. I have a p- couple different times where I grab, like, quotes like that, which are just like, I can't believe he's got on this at all. Like, there's some quotes in here that are just straight up crazy, and I, I love it. I just find it... It's the kind of, like, writing that you can only fit into a show that's already crazy, because no one's checking the, you know, (laughs) tape that much. They're already Um, like, well, the concept's insane, we might as well let them talk insane on top of it, who cares? Like, the note that I kept repeating when I was watching it was, I want to like this, but, uh... Because it was, like, it was so close, and there were parts that I really, really enjoyed, but it just never... Like, it never fully bought into how crazy it was. Like, it kept trying to be, like, rational about stuff, and I'm like, no, guys, come on, you, like... You, you got talking, this close to you the You open edge with the... possession. You open with like a naked woman murdering a guy, and the blood spells Poe. Like, get into that. But like, like Latoya said, it's ABC. Okay. We're never gonna get that. I love oh, silk stockings. I haven't seen that in so long. So the guy that was killed, we find out more about the fact that um, John Buckley was a sh- the son of a shipping magnate. He's dead. He's drawn. The, they realize like, oh, this is the crime scene. We're going to do some research on it. No, I didn't either. I, I try to take notes for reference. <laughs> he basically just gets killed for almost arbitrary reasons. He's just a rich guy and you can assume that it was probably for his money, but they don't really even get into why until much later into the episode. Um, but so, there's no crime scene tech because it's 1840, so he's just touching everything, and I was livid. Like, I know that's, like, not a problem because there isn't any DNA or anything, but it still felt, like, incredibly perverse to see someone just traipsing through a crime scene, like, ripping up, like, pieces of evidence. Like, I was just like, oh, no! He was, like, having them drink from the same glass that the person was drinking from, and I'm like, oh, oh my god! I was so mad! I missed but, that um, part! It was bad. Which was like on, on two different levels. One, it was potentially poison, and two, it's literally tampering with evidence well, directly and putting yeah. yourself in danger by being the suspect. Like, in the 1840s, the most popular form of poison was like odorless and flavorless. I was gonna say, it's is so it odorless? Right. <laughs> it was arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> it but what I think, what I think that scene was but I think that's, that, that scene was actually not even about that, which is what, you, you would think that's what it's about, because of course, why else would you be having someone sniff and try a wine? He actually wanted to tell her it's super fancy wine. 
So he thinks that there's probably a wine cellar there. I'm like, this is so misleading because why would it just didn't make any sense that someone would be because to me I'm like so so removed from the fact that someone would even drink wine at a crime scene like that it was just like what's happening so they they both drank from the glass that um is still there because there's lipstick on it so they can tell it's probably not poisoned because she drank it as well so he figures oh so this is good wine yeah yeah exactly and so he figures okay it's got to be good wine because this guy's a shipping magnate of wine i think is partly implied too so he's like got to go find this um Oh, like mysterious the, wine cellar that's it's hidden the first, within the house. Uh, isn't it the first like referenced one of the first references to his works too? Because they say, "Oh, it's a Montiato or whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah Catherine. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's what oh, it is. That's what it is. That's what, that's, what, that's what the wine is that they drink. He's like, "Oh, this is fan- the fancy kind." God, and so um, they. <laughs> They also, this is also the point where he keeps the gun on the girl because he says women are full of surprises, which I found <laughs> real upsetting. <laughs> like, not a great. I mean, they are, but like, let's like let's pump the brakes on keeping weapons <laughs> and on like people just because they're surprising. Like, I think you can handle it without the weapon. But so he he also says that uh, the the Rowena has been too dead has been dead too long to help. So, it gets creepy here because he's, the clock stops, he sees a scar in a pattern, and he realizes that she's possessed. Um, Dormer sketches her. Oh, go ahead. Isn't it like he has a gun pointed at her? Because she starts bouncing off the walls. It's great. It it does eventually make sense, but it, it certainly felt like a really heavy moment for like whoa he just pulled a gun on a girl for no reason. I mean, it's a random, a random woman who also enjoys it at a crime scene. That to me seems not so unwrapped. I I think it was I had a hard I heard a time with the phrase women are full of surprises because we already knew she's full of surprises. She just murdered a dude. Like, like into another party of five intervention arguments. I know, I know. So he uh Dormer meanwhile is like, I'm gonna sketch this. Like <laughs> start sketching as they're standing there. And uh uh Poe asks her why he was her victim and he, apparently he's the third. He figures out that it's the third victim and then the candle goes out and the piano starts playing again. And this is where like you're sp- to me, I'm, like, I'm confused about how much of this I'm supposed to take is like supernatural versus reality because obviously supernatural exists, but really we're kind of almost looking at it from like an X Files situation here because a lot of what Dormer is doing is kind of just poking holes in all of those plots. So the mark, yeah, the mark goes on from her back onto a wall, which is like <laughs> clearly this is supernatural. Then like what's end of conversation? Like, this mark just went onto a wall. Why are we even having this conversation anymore? It's clearly. You know how you know how I feel about X Files, but I'm always like, how did she not like just say, okay, I believe you about aliens in the first episode? The, the woman starts fighting them and crawling upon the walls, <laughs> literally <laughs> crawling up the wall. And she's like, I don't know. Like, ah, I'll, I'll wait to see what's up. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I would buy it on X-Files because half the time Scully never saw it, but she saw it right in front of her face. <laughs> and, and like I've said before, and like I've said before, X-Files, she's less of a skeptic than people remember. She's more just, let's, let's solve this right. crime she's, before we well, start she's more scientific, Yeah. Like, she gets that some stuff is, is definitely supernatural, but she's not going to say, it was the boogeyman. It's just like, let's find out which boogeyman. <laughs> There's a lot of boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> the 1840s had axes. 
acrobat, so she was a she was a circus freaking sleight of hand acrobat. <laughs> she could have been the, she could have been from the traveling with the circus, Poe. Come on. <laughs> yes, and so on oh, top of all of that. Oh, listen, this is the scene where I wrote my notes. I forgot how great Matador was great in this part. I forgot that. She's fantastic. She's, just, yeah, she's, she's the best she's part of so the tour. Yes. Yeah, and she's the music box of the piano. That was so great. I, did we get to that part yet? I don't know if we did. But either way, she, when, there's a. But um, after she curls up the wall, the lady just full on just jumps out a window. <laughs> because, sure, <laughs> that's something that's going to not murder her in 1840. <laughs> like, there's no way she would be able to handle that. There's not even. I just don't. I didn't buy it for a second. But um, uh, back at the paper, they go back afterwards to try and th- like make sense of what they just saw. Like, really, they should be kind of like, our worlds are now like exploding because we just watched a woman c- crawl up a wall and then jump out a window. But um, they're more concerned with trying to figure out really what was going on because they don't think this is again they don't, somehow don't think this is possession slash supernatural. Yet they just witness that. So they they bring in like dun 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 dun. Leslie Odom Jr. comes in as a doctor, Yay. and this is. This is kind of his only major plot in this. There's a little bit later on where I wish he had more, but um, you could tell they were setting him up to be a little bit more of like a recurring, like basically well, the well, Emmy. Emmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cute. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. yeah. As much as you need episode, yes, I know, this I know. Was, but this was the one part of the episode that I watched again. <laughs> like, as soon as it was <laughs> over, I rewound it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, and so, so cute. yeah. <laughs> They had a nice but, uh, chemistry, I thought, the three of them together. Yeah. They did. I think he had a good chemistry. I think it was... It was... Yeah, I mean, hopefully... Trail, um, that would have been like, the saving grace of the series had it continued. Yeah. Really Definitely. And he comes in there... At first, he's kind of skeptical about him coming on, and he, he thinks... Leslie Jr. assumes that he doesn't think that a black guy could do the job, and he's like, well... No, no, no. He's like, I believe in ghosts. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, never mind. I didn't realize you were that. <laughs> like, I completely misread this situation. He's like, but I can handle this. I can handle this. It's okay. I can do it. So they're like, cool, all right. And, like, the two of them almost immediately have, like, a Sherlock Holmes-Watson kind of vibe where it was sort of the two of them. Like, I think that Leslie Adam Jr., even more so than Dormer, is really skeptical of how absurd Poe is. Whereas I think Dormer knows him better, so she's less, like, you know critical of him i feel like that this is a little bit more of the you're an idiot what are you talking yeah. about kind of thing yeah. which i liked someone was finally calling him out on this like crazy behavior but um uh so they figure out how the shit went down like no one even con like they finally like bring up the point where oh let's like talk about how the shit went down when she just like climbed up a wall and then just straight up disappears and they're like yeah that sounds like a good idea <laughs> and he figures out that apparently someone else did the exact same thing before three months ago and um also, this is a terrible quote, which I hated, where it was, I'm an insomniac, I read two, 22 papers a night. K. <laughs> like, I don't need to know that. Like, that was such a, to me, felt like a network line, where it's like, let's prove he's smart, let's prove he's smart! But, um, uh, oh, so he... I mean, yeah, it's, it's super tradition, but it's still part of the character. It's a part of more. I know. I just, I, just saying, I'm an insomniac, is like, whoa. <laughs> like, it's so exposition. But, um, he, yeah, but him drawing the stuff, him this, him drawing the stuff that it's corresponding to was absolutely ridiculous. In fact, I have, I'm going to take a screenshot of this because it was so insane. There's not a million. Make sure you get the, the stunt double or like, the drawing double. Yes, yes. I want to try yeah. and find that too. Yeah, I think that's graphic and also has a stuff in the 
Everything. This is the scene where, like, it's already been insane, but this is the scene where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in for this show because he proceeds to draw. Well, he, they figure out, like, like boop up beep. They figure out that there's like five mysterious things that have been corresponding with these deaths. And one of them is an owl, one's a sword, one's a circle with a line through it. I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. And then there's a fleur de lis, and then a lion. And the Vic's business is. obviously the Don Bro tattoo coming to haunt us. Oh, Jesus, it is. Jesus, it is. But, um, the. God, that just ruined me. Um, the, the victim's business included, um, I think it was a fleur de lis or something. That was part of that. So they realized, ooh, is it? But there's not. A person in the world that would see the li- in quotation marks the lion he drew and think that was what else supposed to be a lion. <laughs> if that's what it looks like a maybe a griffin if we're being generous, but like it did not look like a lion. It's not lion properties. It does not. It's, it's not a lion. It's got you can barely features. You can barely tell it's a lion, and we're told it's a lion. <laughs> Well, a lion, most notably, unless we're talking about lioness, is known for its mane. There's not a single bit of mane there. Like, all he had to do was draw some little fluff. Why can't a lion be a woman? Well, it can, but that'd be called a lioness. That's what the confusion is. I don't know. We're gonna keep the gun on the girl. Women are full of surprises. Okay, so, uh, make... He makes a flashlight out of a candle and a magnifying glass, which I was living about. But I was like, okay, I know where we're living. We have to deal with this. They go back to Buckley's place because they figure they're going to try and figure out where this wine cellar is once and for all. And, yeah, and, yes. Well, it's also really confusing, too, because he, he realizes certain things about this when he's first there, but they never really address them. Because I guess they knew... Being that the police is absolutely incompetent, they could go back and forth with the thing whenever they felt like it, so he didn't feel any need to get everything done there the first time he was there. So they just, like, stroll back into a crime scene days later, and no one says a word, and he makes the flashlight out of the candle in the magnifying grass, and then they, they, like, search the place trying to find out where the hell this secret passageway could be. And he closes off all of the, like windows so the air flows to the secret room which again felt very heavy handed I don't think that's how air works but alright and they yeah, they closing off a bunch of windows and then pu- like pumping a bunch of dust in the air is not gonna like show like a, a fast like air path from like the top of the room to the bottom it just felt it, it felt a little ridiculous to me but I don't know, that's just me. I find it really Twitter. hilarious the things that pulled us out of this, like, <laughs> I know. breaking it, point. It, it should be the most simple. It, me, wasn't was like, the, it wasn't the lady with the not. tree on her back jumping out of a window. <laughs> it was the air No, that felt totally yeah. at that piece. <laughs> but when you talk about secret rooms and airflow, get out of here. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you. Latoya, Latoya, this picture you just shared, can we talk for a minute for how much I am shipping the two of them? Like, right? I need to see this amazing screen cap right now. Just from that screen, just from the screen cap, I'm shipping it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Poe has that distance between them because he was friends with the friend that she married, whereas I don't think Glossiano Jr. would have waited for a second before trying to move (laughs) it on that. (laughs) Appropriately. He's got no hangouts. He'd be be driving her to the funeral, like, so when are we going to go out? (laughs) So you disgust me? (laughs) Because it's not going to be We don't have, like, the 
triangle between the three of them, which is technically a quadrangle because of her dead fiance. So, like, <laughs> quadrangle. Is that why you need to watch this show? Some find a way to watch the show because it involves a qu- love quadrangle, including a ghost. So, <laughs> what's not to love about that? But um, it, it, it continues. It gets worse and worse. There's a point at which he says, "I don't grope women." I, I had a hard time with that. Like, <laughs> well. He gropes her. That's what happened. <laughs> in my notes, I literally have in quotation marks. I don't grope women. A hyphen guy who just groped a woman. <laughs> like, because he's Jesus not. Christ. I wouldn't say that he. I mean, he's not like aggressive about it. But they're like walking down this little thing. He just full on like goes behind her. I mean, obviously he's not. I don't think he's like doing it too purposely. But it's certainly like. Guess what? Still walking closely behind a woman is still creepy. Like, it doesn't matter if you didn't mean any bad intentions. <laughs> He said, I don't know women. <laughs> Jesus. Um, is it during the No, this is when they go down, down to the, the cellar, and they're like, it's a real tight space, and oh, he goes yeah, past her. Oh, the cork scene. I thought he was saying the yeah, cork scene. I was like, what? Yeah. T-O-R-K. Yes, I get you now. Yes, it is during that scene. I I, I thought that was a little bit creepy, but that's just me. Well, is it, is it, yeah, but is it less less creepy than when he told her to take her clothes off for no reason? <laughs> that was insane. We'll Perhaps. get there. Yeah, we're gonna get there. We are gonna get there. That was nuts. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean, again, Natalie Dormer. Don't blame him, but also, no. Why? Why? There was no reason. We'll get to that. There was no point. But, um. It's almost like Owen Jr. has a surprise that was so nuts. That's the beginning of every every uh, fan video there would have been. Um, so they they find the logo on one of the corks where it says the logo with the the circle with the line through it. Again, the very sophisticated logo that. Okay, I think I knew too, but I don't think it makes any more sense. But okay, this is where the anachronistic music. Okay. We've had some anachronistic moments before this, but the anachronistic music goes additionally insane, goes into third gear, and Temper Trap starts playing, and I was just losing my mind. I loved it, but I hated it at the same time. Because if you don't know who Temper Trap is, I mean, I love Temper Trap. No, I, see, I don't mind it. It's more just to me, like, they, they started out with Adagio Beethoven, so I was really thrown because I didn't know it was going to be anachronistic until it just started playing. <laughs> yeah. Let me set the scene for this uh, pilot season, then. Because what you have is other pilots that are also period pieces, and they're all heavily, heavily cribbing off of Mad Men. This is the same season as the Playboy Club and uh, Bam. So, I forgot oh, that was great. Yeah, that's the same season. So you could, like, both of them doing the exact opposite of like, all of those shows, which are just trying straight up to be a madman facsimile. And uh, basically, because it was doing something different, it kind of paid the price. But I don't think that's, I still don't think that's the actual reason to get picked up. Well, I'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. And then they saw it. Was there a was like a that season or the year before? Was there another Poe property in development? I remember there being like two competing. 
That might have been what became the following. Okay. That was the next year. No. Yeah. Right. And it, it seems yeah. to me, and it, I, to be honest, as much as I enjoyed this pilot, they probably made the right decision, like, financially. Oh, God, that yeah. show is a well, I don't even success. I don't even watch Once Upon a Time, and I know that that's the better show of these two. Like even looking at the two pilots that I have seen, like that had more room for growth. I think. Well, this, I mean, well, we don't know what the anymore, show would have been, but in the yeah. first season, it was a better. Um, the I wonder if this what chances this would have had on the CW though. Yeah, this actually felt almost like a Fox or CW show. Yeah, it me. felt really foxy. It felt like uh, <laughs> of course it did. It had Nellie Dormer in it. <laughs> No, it felt like a, it felt like Firefly. <laughs> it had that same weird mix of like things that shouldn't go together, but almost did. Um, yeah. I that's the thing is I I mentioned the temper trap anachronism because as much as I really like it blew my mind that I was hearing it. It just is a delight. Like I I never am gonna like be mad about like good music being in something that doesn't fit because it's still good music. At the end of the day, as ridiculous as it felt to watch Temper Trap as there was like a bunch of like horse-drawn carriages walking down the street, I was like it's a good song. <laughs> so I was like I was enjoying it and it kind of it fit the moment they were trying for. So I get what they were using it for. It just it, it, I think the problem is maybe that it's a little too broad for a pilot sometimes to include that because people can't like make their minds up between it, it, it's the strength of a show like Once Upon a Time or Sleepy Hollow, or even Castle, where they can have these, like, old-world elements, but then also be in modern times, whereas this isn't in a modern time. Yeah, Castle has a lot of old-world stuff. Certain episodes are, like, almost entirely... There are certain episodes of Castle that are so, di like, like, like down in the depths of, like, old-school vintage New York that they barely remember that it's modern day until the end of the episode. Like, there's the episode with the bottle, that bar and stuff like to me it's not to say that oh, every yeah, episode is that way one. Yeah. yeah it's just they they kind of go heavy into the like like old school right and i don't love i'm not saying it's a good thing but i'm saying that they're able to use modern music and still be modern about it because they are modern this show never had a chance to go into the mo in fact this might have been strengthened by like some kind of a flash forward where someone was like re it's like almost like a julia julia thing or julia and julia where you could do a little bit of modern and a little bit of old school I'm sorry, I just, I can't believe, I mean, I, I, I'm sure we're doing Julia and Julia, and we're doing Sorry. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Alright, uh, so, but so, so the temper trap is playing, the, the, the champagne's flowing, and Natalie Dermer took money, uh, that's supposed to go for college, and then used it to expose her social scene, uh, for fraud. <laughs> Right, no. Please, 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 I guess inherited from the, the husband dying, I think is what it was. And she went to college. From her family. Okay, it was her family. Okay. She, uh, she left socialized to go to college. 
the newspaper from her dead fiance. That's what happened. Right, and... She did not take her dead fiance's money and go to college. No, not dead fiance's money. I thought it was like, I knew it was an inheritance. I forgot who it was from. She was a family heritage because she was like, uh, she was a high class, high class woman. Like, yeah. And, so okay. Like, she's 18 or whatever. So they're she going to this, to to yeah, they're going to this like, um, socialite party. So she's worried they're all going to judge her because she basically exposed them in her paper for being a bunch of frauds. And, um, for, uh, two things. My, my note here, too, is I'll include it in the, in the description. The screenshot of, of 17 minutes and 33 seconds of this may as well be from a modern TV show. You can barely tell it's set in the 1940s. That's what's so delightful about it is there are moments when they're having this conversation about things where you almost kind of forget what it's about, and they're just really good at acting. They kind of, you lose yourself in that little bit of a moment where I enjoyed it. But then... It slams back into the reality where she says that she was, like, you know, a woman going to school in the 1840s. Now, myself, I was, like, curious. Like, that can't be that common, can it? And I went I looked it up. She would have been one of the first people in the country to do that, which I guess is supposed to imply she's just that, like, groundbreaking. But I feel like she probably would have been a little more notable. The way she kind of says it is, like, a throwaway line. Like, yeah, I went to college. <laughs> like, no, you literally broke open doors because no one would have let you go to college at the time. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not out of it. I just think it's, I, I wish they had spent more time talking about that. That was more interesting to me than the rest of the episode. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but she's like a, like a head of a, a newspaper. Yeah, that's, I wish we less spent so much less time on that. They, especially the latter half of the episode. Yeah, and the latter half of the episode is really heavy into that, which we'll get into, but that's why I'm bringing this up now, is I wish we had more of that. This is where I also noticed that I think, he reminds me, he sounds sort of like Matt Zuckery to me. That's what I was putting a pin on, but I don't know if it's exactly the, the same voice match, but to me it sounded like similar to Matt Zuckery, which it does not sound like Poe to me. <laughs> that's, again, like a very, like, surfer boy Yeah. Like, I, I didn't hate it. He's definitely, like, you know, he can enunciate, but it's still not the vibe I was getting for Poe. Poe, to me, is a lot more somber than, than he is. He's very flirty, um, which, again, he goes on to flirt with the military guy's wife, and then, of course, we find out that that's because... He, that's his ex-girlfriend. His girlfriend. His uh, fiance, not wife yeah. yet. Well, fiance. Did you <laughs> I did. I have so many notes. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sense of my notes. But um, Dormer, Dormer, in the meantime, asks the commissioner for a dance, and then tries to get help with the warrant, which he immediately knows what she's trying to do. Um, but he tells her without much, really, barely any um goading. He tells her exactly what's where everything's located and gives away basically the entire uh prep, like the like all that kind of work he could have done himself. I don't know why they aren't able to do this kind of police work. Like all they the got parties they to go to, Mara. I know it's infuriating. <laughs> so corrupt. But uh, Poe dances with the ch- with the uh, ex girlfriend and flirts. Then we find out more about the fact that they were engaged. Up until that point, you just could, you could tell they had a history, but that's what they, they, they divulged that. And then, of they course, we get the... Like, seems. Yeah, and also, this is where we get... It feels like diegetic, but I don't think it is diegetic, where Muse starts playing. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? Because they're dancing almost in time with the, with the Muse song. It's very off-putting. And um, the military uh, guy proposes to her from across the room while she's still <laughs> dancing with another man. <laughs> I had so many... I had so many problems with that, because just in terms of a proposal... Very poor job, dude. I feel like he only did it just to try and one-up the guy, and on top of that, at least, like, walk up to her as she's dancing with him. He was, like, across the room. He, like, screams it from across the room, and she's like, oh, yeah, sure. 
and then they, they get engaged, and yeah, they just they slow down. It's still, it's ridiculous though, he starts it from across the room. And um, the police eventually so talk to them. The police come up and said that they found the Rowena girl, though. So they all kind of roll out there. And they kind of, it, it's its funny to me, I guess this probably existed back in the 1840s, but the way they roll up on this place feels like very modern militarized police stuff, where they're just like all in the hallway and formation and everything. Whereas I feel like maybe back then it wasn't quite that nice, but well, we, we can never know. I'm not an expert on 1840s police. But um, the commissioner goes in first, and she takes the gun and immediately tries to shoot it back at him. But he, she happens to shoot a lantern instead. Um, and Poe's trying to reason with her. Um, and then he's like, look, can we at least get the warrant now? Because clearly she's insane, and we need to you know, get in there and deal with this. So they get the warrant to question this other woman who also did the same kind of poison murder situation from before. Well, they, they assumed it was poison, but now they feel it's murder. Um, and they question her at this hospital wing. And this is where I feel like the episode almost, like, breaks in half, because it's, like, a whole different... This is what we were saying before, the procedural part of it starts to swing into, like, full gear. And it becomes almost 100% about the case. Um, so they question this girl, this Legia, and um, he mentions that it's quite a nice wing. It's fun, And then they, I think one of the doctors offhandedly is like, yes, it's funded by anonymous people. I'm like, well, this couldn't possibly be a big deal, right? Like, they could, I, I, that's, you know, it's foreshadowing, but it was very heavy-handed. And uh, we find out that Legia, the girl that they're trying to question, is mute. And um, they only have ten minutes with her. Which, I, I feel like this is also a huge be, bit of foreshadowing here. Because why isn't the doctor there while they're questioning her? Oh. And he needs way more, like... In general, I feel like this could also include Leslie Odom Jr. They're at a hospital. They could have easily brought him there as, like, an expert or something. I was very confused. But, um... It's also a mental facility, which... I mean, it could be the 1800s, it could be the 1900s, it could be the 2000s. Tell me don't ever, like, depict him as, like, actual, like, fashions of health or helpfulness or... Like, it's, it's a shitty place. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It looks disgusting. They got that part of it probably right. This is definitely not the part I'm talking about that you just showed me, though. No, I know. I see his picture, too. That's awesome. That's the main. Like, I can see the picture before that, too. I see the main now. That's it. I still, I don't know. I didn't find it to be that main-y looking. A young lion. A young lion. A young lion. Baby lion. It looks still like a griffin to me. Um, uh, <laughs> but, um, so she's, she's alone in the room, passed out on the bed, which felt really, like, sad. Um, and then we get a monologue about basically the entire, like, lead up to the show is what we're kind of, like, we find out the, the backstory for Poe himself. Um, and he describes that when he came home at the age of six, um, everything was messed up. There was stuff all over the walls. Uh, his mom and his sister were dead. They thought he was crazed. Um, and he, he couldn't save them, but he wants to try and save other people. That's what he was talking about earlier with the supernatural. Um, and they discover while they're looking at her that her legs have those same veins. And they're like, oh my god. And then they decide not to, to look at this further. They decide they're just going to take her because they need more time to look at her. And he decides to just straight up just steal her from the hospital. He draws a fleur de lis and she flips out at it, too, which we find out is more about the the Gidgery, which is the main protagonist of it. <laughs> the pictures you're sending, I still disagree. That does not look like a lion to me, but okay. Uh, 
Well, the top of a griffin isn't lion-like, is it? The bottom of the griffin is a lion. I don't know. Anyway, so... <laughs> the top part's a bird. It's the tongue. It's the tongue of a griffin is what that looks like to me. But anyway. I think it, it's a lion with a snake tongue and he's wearing a mink stole. <laughs> he's wearing a mink stole. That's funny. But, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that one is, but... It's great. Um, so here comes the greatest scene. So he draws the floor to Lee. Um, Legia flips out seeing it, and she starts. They realize it's Gwydry, Gwydry or whatever the person who's behind it. And but he still needs more time to figure this out. So in an effort to sneak her out of the the mental hospital, he tells <laughs> Natalie Dormer flat out, "Just get naked. You got to get on this tarp. We got to sneak her out of here." And so Natalie Dormer just concedes and does that. And then they wheel her out. Well, you can see Legia in almost full plain view underneath the cart, just rolling along down the hallway. And no one says one one word to them, and they get out scot-free. Well, the assumption is she has to look like a dead body, to, right. but, also, but she has to be naked while doing it. And then even though they have the girl, like, underneath, the, hanging from underneath the cart, like, why couldn't they just... Put the cover the girl with the sheet and walk out with her. <laughs> I have got questions. It's still, it's still like it's you're wheeling out Natalie Dormer naked. It's gonna turn heads. I mean, that's all I'm gonna say. Come on. But so either way, yeah, they. Right. I mean, it's 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 no easier for them to pretend that Nella Dormer's dead though, because she's clearly alive. When they pull up, in the th- I don't know. It's just confusing. I actually, it- I, I was like, I felt like was all this really necessary? Like, it didn't seem like this place would have been all that difficult to get out of. Um, no. If they'd just gone out a different door. They didn't have to go to all these extremes. It was. Yeah. Why didn't they just jump out the window? Honestly, they didn't have any care about her life. I think they were all possessed. I think that was the real twist we were going to get at the end of the season. Yeah, it's weird. But so, um, Leslie Odom, I mean, could have tried to pull some strings, maybe, and try to like actually get around on some kind of a lead. I know. I don't know. I just... She had... I don't know. There's just... I, to me, they jump right to that conclusion, which is... I mean, it works. They get her out, so it worked. It was a successful plan. Um, and Leslie Odom Jr. is there to try and save her life when they do get her out, because she's, like, convulsing and, and going crazy. Um, I had a comment... Again, I guess it's probably part and parcel of how he eventually got the role of Hamilton, too. He looks so good in period garb. It was delightful. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, they all look really... Like, they all were the hell out of their costumes. I can appreciate that about this. Um, and the costuming is not the problem at all. I think everything looks very, like, vintage and good. Um, so, uh, they also... <laughs> yeah, vintage and good. It's like my new Etsy shop. <laughs> vintage and good. <laughs> Smiley face. Um, so, they realize that this this, good, this Gidry person that he's trying to find owns a bistro called the Fleur de Lis, and of course they go there, it has a little Fleur de Lis butter thing, so they're like... <laughs> This has clearly got to be the same guy that we're talking about uh, that's freaking her out. So um, he goes up to her, and he's like, I need proof, sir. And uh, he basically is like, okay, 
I don't believe you, even though I come from a long storied history of voodoo, <laughs> which is just like, okay, if anyone <laughs> should believe him on first, like, contact, it should be you. But he says, um, Poe warns him that Rowanda's out there and she's after you. And the same lawyers of the man who died, um, yesterday are his lawyers, so they're thinking that might be a connection about how they're related. They just don't know exactly how. Um, and then, again, like, there's another moment here where he says, ain't nothing much to talk about. And I'm like, it's 1840. Like, I don't know that someone would say ain't nothing much to talk about, but all right. <laughs> but okay. Um, but. Were they from the South? Oh, I guess he was from the South. Maybe. But, um, uh, the arrested Poe for. Who's I think he is, yes. But I just. The word ain't doesn't really have a huge appearance until later than that. But either way, it doesn't matter. But, um, arrested Poe. They arrest Poe in order to keep him safe, allegedly. Um, but he, of course, picked the lock minutes from get after minutes of getting there. Because that's just how Poe does it. Um, and he's like, we gotta save this Gidry. Um, so him and Dormer go running off to, uh,. Stop this from happening. And they find out that all these people, the people that are being attacked, were all those anonymous donors of that psychiatric wing. And, um, I, again, they say, like, I gotta go. Like, little things like that were a little bit much, where I was like, yeah. okay. Like, Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that's where I'm getting that from. So I think eight makes perfect sense. Especially okay. someone from the South. Yeah. And then, so, um, he runs into Sarah, which is the, the, X from before. Yeah, though yeah. <laughs> I just could care less about. Is she better? Like, is she more interested or less interested in the actual case? Like, it's between those two, like the least interesting parts of the show. She, I think she's less interesting just because there's less like walking on walls with her. But if there was more of that, maybe I'd be a little more interested. <laughs> I wish. That'd be amazing. When they're all, all, there's like a crux of the episode where like there's multiple women walking on walls towards Poe. <laughs> like that would be great. But um, he runs this. He wants her. He calls her. He says he wants her to be a happy girl, which I was like, all right. And um, uh, meanwhile, Leslie Odom Jr. has found a heavy sedative to help uh, Lygia like parse what the hell's happening to her body. Um, and he says physiologically, um, she could talk if she wanted to, but there's something impeding her from doing that. But he can't tell. They can't figure out if this is the possession, or... They don't know how far into the supernatural they want to go with this yet, basically, so they're like, it could be supernatural, question mark? Um, but he drew vials of her blood, um, and then before he... He got called away before he could test them, and it congealed in this, like, creepy peanut butter way, which is really gross, where, it, like, it, it splits from the, from the entire... Like, all, like, this heavy part of it splits from the actual, like, liquid part. It's pretty disgusting. And, um, he's, like, he's not sure what it means, but then when he tries to inject a dead woman with this stuff, it goes through her veins, like we've seen before, like that same possession look, and her eyes open, which I'm like, okay, at this point there is no denying the supernatural, because there's nothing, I mean, you could claim up into a point where that could maybe, like, screw with her, like, anatomy or something, if it was some kind of, like, a weird possessed blood type, but, like... When she's opening her eyes and moving around, that's straight up possession and supernatural. There's no coming back from the dead and doing that. That's not explained away by there's some otherworldly forces involvement. But, um, he, he says there's a medical explanation for it. I don't really believe that, but, uh, I, this is also where the episode gets really great for me because it includes more anachronistic music, which is Emiliana Torini's Gun, which I always re- associate with, I think it was Luther originally, but it just is such a good song for this because it just is, like, super intense. I had no idea what was going on still because they kind of, like, they have, like, eight plots going at once, but I was into it because of the, the music. 
But he also figures out that there was a woman under the floorboards because of the pentagram that was there, and he realizes that, you know, they can't they can't find him in time. Gidry's gonna get sa- Gidry can't get saved. So they cage Rowena up, trying to stop her from getting out and killing him, but um, they're also kind of conflicted because she's also a victim of this thing bef- as, as well. Because I don't really know exactly what's happening with this stuff, but it's definitely messing with the women who is being injected with it. So they have to figure out who did it as fast as they can, but it's not really preventing them from stopping the murderers. And I mean, they have to, there's two problems here. They can't solve who did this, but they also have to stop the people who have now been affected by it from murdering more people. Um, so they can't figure out what's going on yet, but, um, Eugenia Bates is what they claim, puts a monster inside her, which of course, I mean, to me, like that seems really obvious. It was the doctor at the hospital, but it took some, it takes a minute for the episode to like get around to that point. Um, but the doctor at the hospital who was like real creepy before, they, they, you know, they explain that's Bates. Um, he's the person who lets Rowena out at the police station. So, clearly that was him. And he's basically behind it all. <laughs> and he's, like, super evilly when they go up to him. He's just sort of like, yeah, I fucking did it. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, doesn't give a shit. Like, lets, he lets her out. And then he's like, there's no security at all at the police station. Which, again, should not be a surprise to me, but still felt, like, really upsetting. And, um... Meanwhile, across town, Gidry is making, like, a really rare steak soaked in blood. And I'm like, this couldn't be more. And then, boom, Marina shows up in the reflection of the blood and murders him. And, uh, <laughs> Poe freaks out. And he can't figure out who the last target would be because he, he doesn't know yet who the other anonymous donor was. Um, and, uh, Sarah shows up for, again, keeps showing up. I don't know why she's even involved in this. I mean, we know why in a second. But it's just, like, so boring that they would involve her in this murder as well. Like... She seems almost, uh, it's, like, arbitrary that she just shows up. It's like, by the way, she's involved with this. Um, and then she realizes that the two, the diamonds on her, on her engagement ring for her new fiancé, there's two lions that hold it in place, so diamonds weren't even found in South Africa until the 1860s. I don't know what the hell this is about, but (laughs) she's got a diamond engagement ring, and it's the proof of the pudding that she is basically gonna try and stop her fiancé from getting murdered by the same person. Um, and the fiancé is, like, off across town. They go running over there. She's already there. Rowena's already made her way there. And they're like, oh, shit. And, um, uh, they're trying to get her, like, we'll help you get your life back and stuff, but really twisted. Bates just straight up shoots her in the damn heart. Like, guess not. Guess they don't care that much. Like, what? And then they fence for a while because they needed fencing in this because it's it's a show about Poe and why not include fencing? And then that's kind of it. Like, the rest of the episode just wraps from that point forward. It's pretty insane. Like, I don't know about you guys, but this mean I I just sped through a bunch of random stuff, but it's all really, like, condensed into, like, five minutes, it feels like. It just sort of gets drawn out a little bit more. Like, so much stuff happens in the, in the last two scenes that was brand new information, practically. Like, the whole- all the stuff with the Gidry is only introduced at, like, minute, like, 35, and then that's the entire third act, basically, is Gidry. It was bizarre. I don't know. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds like it sounds like an I know of Castle. You know, like it you, is. It is. You it's spend very forced. Two thirds of the episodes farting around with all this. Like, maybe <laughs> know, it's right? aliens. Maybe it's ghosts. Maybe it's a giraffe. Exactly. Yeah, maybe and then. Yeah, and then you go back travel. to the most famous person that you saw in the first two scenes, and oh, look, look, that's the killer, and everything's about them. 
So I, I think that's yeah, kind of but it did where it this... picked up the pace really good. I thought in this the last yeah. two scenes, like, and I kind of felt like, why did we spend so much time introducing this world? Like, why did we have jump... CC punching bitches out? <laughs> right. So See, this is the problem I had with this. I loved a lot of it, but there's so much good stuff that was introduced that they never go back to. Yeah. They throw out the window the minute it comes in, which is because it's a pilot, and I understand that. But it's like, oh my god, if they had this one chance to have all this cool stuff happening, why didn't they spend more time with the better parts of it? Because I, I know they had to try and make it more broadly appealing. Just the fact that it got cancelled anyway, or didn't even go to series anyway, just makes it like, man, they yeah. could have done more. Well, and the, the, the thing that gets me is like, normally, with this is basically a procedural, right? With just Right. Like, so, but for a procedural, like, I feel like I have to give a crap about the mystery that they're trying to solve, right? And mm-hmm. at no point in Especially this for episode did I care what they were doing. Like, it's just like, I want to see them interact together. I wanted to see more of the, like, hilarious, like, oh, I've just sketched the crime scene and here it is, this incredibly detailed photo. And, like, that was, stuff was funny and I like characters, but, like, I didn't give a shit about anything they were investigating. I didn't give a shit about his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend. And, like, it just... I was like... Well, can't you say the same about, like, the show we, we keep bringing up, Castle? Well, yeah, but, no, when I... When Castle first started, I did give a crap about that stuff. Like, I... The mysteries, I thought, were fun, like, and I wanted to see, um... You know, Castle was so sure that it was some outlandish thing and then it turned out to be something mundane but i was invested in the mystery to begin with like not just the well characters. i think what you're saying too is is very true in the sense of uh, being both writers what they really nailed in the beginning of castle whether you like it or not is that they involved his writing in a very like, sophisticated way which is not that sophisticated but it's enough that it like it kept you coming back and he was somebody who he's not even a real writer so you had all this stuff with poe that could have involved a little bit more heavy-handedly whether you like it or not they didn't go that direction, but yeah, that was the thing. Like Telltale Heart or something, uh, like the the wine at the beginning. How it like it's a cask of Amontillado, Amontillado, right? But they don't tie it in enough. I've got no idea. (laughs) It's a fancy wine, but he never like with (laughs) Castle. I think part of the charm of like and what kept me watching, you know, even after the charm had sort of palled a little bit, was he was so enthusiastic about what he was doing. Right, but like Poe, it felt like he was just over it. Like he had like yeah. some agenda. Yeah. It wasn't like he was excited. He had the Sherlock Holmes things. bit of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I have to keep doing this stupid stuff because it's like it's my calling or whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> but like, yeah. That, well, he had the whole. He had the whole like, what do they call it? What it's like your um, your like duty or whatever. Your responsibility. It's my responsibility yes. to do this. It's like no, like. Castle on Castle, he was doing it because it was fun. Right, like, he liked solving the mystery, and so it was it made it more fun for the audience. But like Poe, just seemed like he was dragging his feet, and he really only did it because he felt called to do it right. because of what happened to well, his family. Well, and, and there's no character to whom he's really opening their eyes. Like um, Cece is too skeptical, and the Doctor is just flat out like you're ridiculous. Like there's, <laughs> it, there really needed to be like that audience insert character to be like well, invested. Oh, but she's, uh, that's probably a huge part. She's so uh, not compelling. Everything about yeah. her is completely boring. <laughs> well, you and can tell, she... and you can tell they, like, cast her. I feel like they probably 80th. cast her a little bit. To, well, <laughs> they cast her, I think, a little bit on purpose to look like Natalie Dormer so that you, when they, the scene of the two of them standing side by side, 
like probably to emphasize the fact that he actually really loved Cece and ended up with this Sarah woman because she kind of looks like her. Yeah, yeah. I'm He's serious settled. though. Like I honestly think they were. I feel like that was a deliberate thing where they were like, maybe we can cast them, God. and you can kind of see a resemblance where like. I- there's just triangles you buy, inside triangles. You could buy, yeah, like you could buy that he fell in love with Cece too, let his friend, <laughs> you know? let his friend get married to her or whatever, and then like ended up with Sarah because she had like the things that he was attracted. See, that's to. exactly yeah. you have it exactly right because to me, like that's exactly what the problem is: is that he has this compelling story arc with this background of the th- the friend dying and Ellie Dormer being kind of like a failed love interest. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me. The trouble is to me more almost more so that like they also introduced Sarah on top of that. Like, they didn't have to include Sarah at all. In fact, yeah. if anything, they should have mentioned her as, like, this offhanded person he he settled for while Natalie Dormer was out of the picture. Yeah. They also try and include this other part where he's also drawn to Sarah. I'm like, but this is stupid. I'm like, we already see her drawn to Natalie Dormer because it's Natalie Dormer and she's drawn to anything <laughs> with legs. So I understand, like, that part of it. But, like, to include this whole other part, it's supposed to not only be... Like, right. in addition, then, it's, just, it's just almost yeah. supersede her. And then her, to have him like, be, no like, way. all... Yeah, to have him be still kind of, like, weird and fidgety in front of her yeah. it doesn't really make sense if you're trying to, be, like, if you're trying to play up the sexual tension between him and Cece. Like, that doesn't make any sense for him to still It's one of those like, things, like, oh. sh- like, Sarah is really the Mandy, like, of West Wing. Like, Right. As right. This, if this had gotten picked up, she would have disappeared been, three or four episodes. She would have gotten in. married and yeah. moved out yeah. of town. Yeah, she would have gotten written off. Yeah, they yeah, would have they would have retooled very quickly because there was just the chemistry wasn't there and Cece's obviously a much more compelling character. But then I wonder, like, if they meant for Cece to become more like invested in what like the supernatural stuff, like becoming more um, curious about it. I, if that, I think that's a huge. That's forward. a huge struggle too, is because I feel like a lot of the problems we have with it would be easily balanced out with a regular arc of a even like the first half of a first season. But they didn't get a chance to do any of that work. Yeah. So all the stuff they could have corrected or course corrected within like episodes, they can't do anything. Like it's it it's it's a struggle, and I feel like that's one of those things too, where especially because you see someone like Natalie Dormer play a very. I mean, obviously she's not the exact same person, but have a very similar, like, I guess you could vibe of, like, the old world in elementary, where I think she has a way... Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. 1800s vibe, or whatever you want to call it. Because she's pulling from source material from the 1800s and and earlier. So, that that kind of a person, she fits the role perfectly, whereas the Sarah girl is kind of just playing a random love interest. Like, she could have been on any show. Like, the fact that she happens to be taking place in the 18, 1840s is almost arbitrary. Like, that girl well, could have yeah. been playing the same character in any world. She's just a sad, betrothed... I really don't know Natalie Dormer resemblance because it's like miscasting uh, I guess uh, this woman who plays Sarah, she was on that show Legend of the Seeker. Yeah. So it's like, uh. so she had to be a badass on that show and this is what she has to play now? Honestly, I know this is probably a controversial opinion. He had more chemistry with Rowena than he did with her. <laughs> and Rowena was like a, a mute, like sociopath climbing up walls and jumping out windows. So <laughs> yeah, but so uh, it's it's a shame in, in one way because I feel like this is one of those things where it's like I kind of see how part of it, like it probably didn't make it, is because it was a little too heavy onto the side of things that 
didn't work out. But that's, again, you never know what kind of broadness they need. Because I bet you that if anyone, you know, watched this without a, a, a Sarah in it, they might have been kind of thrown, like, why aren't they just together? Why isn't he just dating? Why are they fucking? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Wait, what was that? I didn't hear you. Okay. <laughs> nice. If you heard what I said, congrats. God damn it. Woo. But yeah, so, and then I think the part, uh, another huge problem I had is that he is a very young Poe, and she felt very, like, maternal in a weird way, and I, I don't dislike the fact that, like, obviously moms can get it too, but I felt like she was very, like, I mean, maybe it's because she was getting married to this, like, this military guy. Oh, Sarah. But... Oh, Sarah, you mean. Yeah, Sarah, sorry. I meant Sarah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I know that. But I, I, it felt like she was very, like, she had I already made her was... decision. I think she's... part of it was the way that they were making her, like, the, the makeup that they had on her, made, like, made her look, you Older, know, because you, like, you see, if, I don't, I mean, I, I just remember seeing her next to Natalie Dormer, who, like, was very natural in terms of the makeup that they use on her, like, barely, you know, you can't, you couldn't really, like, but, like, next to Sarah with the really heavy eyeliner and, like, the dark lipstick and stuff. It was just, like... Yeah, I think mean, partly yeah. it was just that, like, she was very... Like, she had made her decision to be... No! No, no! I, I think she probably would have made a very good love interest if we'd see more of her, maybe, even. But, like, this, this little scene we have of her is very much, like, I've made a decision to be... It's basically, like... It's like the boring version of Betty Draper or something, where she's just, like, the wife who's already made her decision to be the wife. And that's fine, but that's not really, like, you throw that kind of a, a chemistry into an already, like, crackling little thing going on with Natalie Dormer. It just seems sort of like, well, why is this even an option? Well, the reason is because if you played him against her over the time, maybe you would just tease out those types of things. But we didn't get any of the chance to see that, so all I just see is this, like, this woman who's clearly already basically betrothed, there's a vague amount of chemistry between them when they're dancing, but even then, it just sort of feels like she's already made her decision to basically marry her husband, her future husband, and go off. And Poe is still living this, like, crazy lifestyle. It just feels very... I don't know. I, I, I just did not buy for a second that someone like her would even be a good fit for this show beyond the pilot. Like, it felt like... I don't know how you can keep bringing that kind of a st static energy into a plot that felt so insane. Show, like, more care -free version, because what happened in the relationship is that he basically became obsessed with like, supernatural stuff, but right. he didn't share it with her. Like I said, he basically ghosted her, and then he gets obsessed with him. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> 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 I really need this. I think we need to get the money together to refilm this because <laughs> right. Yeah, they did. And we, I made a joke about the opening, like the credits and stuff. But for like the time, even though it was like five years ago, it certainly was like pretty. Uh, high concept for any kind of a network show to be doing stuff. It feels kind of old hat now because we've had a lot of shows that are very similar but like, at the time there was not that many shows doing like crazy like period piece extravaganza moments where like you let, literally have like a full 30 minute sequence of them like traipsing around like Boston in the 1840s. Like that, it, it was fully a set. Like there were horses. Yeah, they had like the locks and everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't have horses on a set and not spend some money, is basically what I mean. Like, yeah. I mean, and once upon a time, maybe it's... 
Yeah, wish that time maybe it's a little money, but you could never tell in their special effects, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, if you haven't watched the pilot or at least watched it recently, please do, because Jesus Christ, those effects. Jesus Christ. You know, yeah, that was what was always so surprising. Like it, it, their cast is so enormous. Like they, they have to be taking money out of the effects budget just to pay for the, <laughs> the sheer number of people well, in the cast. Well, the problem, the problem with that show, especially, I think, is that it, there'll be moments where they are good effects, and then the next twenty times they'll be terrible. So you never know. It's like a, it's like a crapshoot. Like you'll get one decent scene, and literally the rest of the season will be terrible. Well, it, so, yeah, it reminds me. It, they do that yeah. on Grimm, too, which I've now stopped watching. Mm-hmm. But they blow their whole budget on one shot. Yeah, <laughs> they do beautiful. like they do like uh, a person shows what kind of a creature they are, and sometimes it looks really really good, but most of the time it's like, oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> like, don't ever show that face again. That's terrible. They're just. I have a hard I, like, time the, with. It's so inconsistent. Like the level of quality that you get. Like, yeah, I have a hard time with some of the network shows that have tried doing that. Which I like. I obviously I love Supergirl, but I there was a couple scenes in Supergirl that like really killed me. Like there was a couple. I forget which. It was the um, the human computer episode where I just could not take. It was basically like a Mystique outfit light, which is the it is the character that is the that is the superhero version of what she should look like. It just felt tough because well I they think... had her in like some weird lycra body suit and then like yeah. on top and then like i mean honestly and then like i and i love that show too as as you all know but like that the, the the obvious wire work during some of the fight scenes especially early in the season they got better towards the end but like the early fight scenes between melissa benoist and laura benanti were rough i mean you could you could aside from like them just like photoshopping out the wires or whatever yes like you could you i mean you might as well have just drawn them in because you could totally tell like the scenes where they're supposed to be fighting each other in the air and they and then they fall back it's like no someone just literally pulled them back on a wire yeah <laughs> the struggle is when shows shows like that have such excellent sequences where you're you're like this is a for a TV show. This is amazing, and then they'll have a scene like that. You're like, wait, but is it? And it's like, no, it is. It's just that they they didn't allocate the money the right way, or they just they like they leaned a little too heavily into this will look okay on film, well, right? Yeah, and their, sure. Their production schedules are so fast. Like I, like, yeah, there can't possibly be enough. Like a, a feature film can spend weeks and weeks and weeks just doing wire work, right? But a TV show, they've got to turn it around in a week or two. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah. they probably and do try shows. to cut corners to, yeah. you know, save oh, have time, to. save money, you know what I mean? So it's well, like, everything was unfortunately, Siob- everything to do with Siobhan's entire, like, makeup was, it depressed me. I, I get oh. it, because that's the point, <laughs> but like, <laughs> my god, She looked like, she looked like, you know, Day of the Dead, you know. She looked like, like, she looked like a, a, she was gonna she be looked like a juggalo. She literally looked like a juggalo. She was gonna show up in the opening scene of Spectre, like, just <sighs> pop up. It bummed me out. But yeah, so not to, not to harp on shows, CJ, but I, I, I say that with a grain of salt because those are shows that are awesome. And I think they're, they're lauded for having great scenes with, with special effects, whether we like them or not. A lot of people do love it. But like, this is why this show definitely it was a it was too much too fast and there's no way they could compare the budget on this with the budget of once upon a time because at least once upon a time had people tuning in because else is going to be on like you're not you're not going to touch i mean remember at the beginning of once upon a time you didn't have that guarantee no no you're right let's take all the intellectual property that we have and just it's nuts it's so nuts that they're able to do that I cannot believe they're getting away with some of the stuff they get away with. It's a mo- It's like a. It's insane. You remember how much Disney owns when you watch that show. It was never good. It was yeah. never good. <laughs> no, 
But, um, yeah, so, so, so that was, uh, we're kind of at the end of Poe. The Shins plays at the end of the, the, yeah. the episode, which I was like, that was excellent. My, my notes were just like, the fucking Shins, the fucking Shins, because it was already crazy enough, but, like, we watched the dude shoot a girl in the heart, and then the Shins started playing, which is just like, what, is this the OC? But, um, they just like, <laughs> but. Well, that was the other thing about the music, like, it felt not just wrong for the time period, and it didn't really suit, like the feel of the scenes that it was shoehorned into it also right. didn't feel like it fit the age of the characters at all <laughs> like, no it was very teenager music which i appreciated because like i'm a teenager at heart aren't we all but like it was not it, it did feel very much like this is a good jam list but like it was not like cw for, era yeah, yeah not great for like grown men shooting, shooting people it was, <laughs> like, w, it was wb show soundtrack but like yeah. And, and yeah i mean i totally agree though because it was like some of the songs, I was like, this doesn't even feel like it. Well, the- you know, because there's, there's certain, like, I, I would say I, I don't mind anachronistic music. Like, there's some things that do it really well. I think A Knight's Tale is a, one of the examples I like to point out to some people. Like, they do a really good job of incorporating rock music into that movie, and it doesn't feel... Like it fe- it fits the character that he would that, that would yeah. Although if you if you don't know anything the old white men uh, were doing it at the time, say just wait to do it. Oh yeah, yeah they don't know anything. I whatever. I think the scene the scene with the Dave where they start pl- dancing to David Bowie is probably one of my favorite scenes in like the history. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like in the past week, basically. I yeah. 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 But but yeah. Well, no, I remember even the yeah. Like when even that came out, we saw it. Trap. But even using like the temper trap, I I love that. But that's a I think the I'm not sure which song that you do you remember which song they used? It was definitely like I think like our first uh, release song I believe. But it was very much like earlier than the episode itself. Like it felt to me like this feels like like old old. Like this is like a TV show two years before this would have used this song. So it was like they were they were holding on for these 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 songs that didn't even really fit the time itself. Like it was almost like these are dated songs for 2011. If it was this, if it's the album I'm thinking of, because I know right. Conditions came out in 2009. It's, well, that it, it might have been the self-titled. And that that's fine. Yeah, but. songs that didn't even really fit the feel of the show. Yeah. Like it's one thing to use modern songs that fit the sh- that fit the tone of the show. I mean, that's yeah. fine. I have no problem with that. But yeah, it's songs that just fell out of place for. Like here's this reasons. song from two years ago. Let's use that. Like, that's <laughs> weird to me. Like not unless it's a song that's like really really poignant for the moment. Which I mean, Temper Trap is great, but it just it felt like. I don't know. Maybe it's probably that I've seen other shows use it already, and I get kind of burned out with seeing it on TV when it's not. You can't touch Greek, so why are you bothering to try? Um, well, so. yeah, and that was the thing. Like it, somebody said earlier, it's like a, a WB show soundtrack. Like it, that really was. I was surprised that it was ABC because I thought it was going to be a CW show the way that it played out. Um, or I don't Fox know, or something. Have all of you have all of you watched Underground? underground no i haven't no the pilot is really good and it uses a a kanye track through the whole thing um i think it's black skinhead the one with the breathing i do want to watch it yeah it's really really good and the way that they put the music in like the music is an organic piece of the show like what's happening on screen is reflected in the music that they're playing behind it and so it was so jarring for me to go from to right yeah it's it's sure 1857 in Georgia. Um, okay. And it's just, it, like, really, really, really a well-done piece of music integrated into the show. And to go from Poe to that was, like, my head was spinning. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Just because they could not have picked worse music. And, I like, going back again to that player piano thing, like, 
that was the first moment that pushed me out of the the episode was the very very beginning with the player piano because why bother playing this dirge version of uh beethoven if you're or, gonna put all this modern there music must be some in. Like, modern why, song why that it... sampled that right i can't i mean i would imagine i'm I sure know. i don't know if there, there should have been like a modern song that sampled the the basically funeral dirge sounding of um, Moonlight Sonata Adagio. So I, I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. Well, and technically that Muse song, because I feel like they were dancing to the Muse song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I want to believe. I want to believe this is secretly like the village and they're all just reenacting like 1840s. That's a good take today. on it, too. I like our takes. <laughs> our takes on it are so much better than the show, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Be it could have been and, um, so good. That's the worst part. It and so been it so wraps good. with him. It wraps with him saying, "So much for the writer getting the girl." Which that was like a real bummer. Did not like that at all. But I just threw up my Amontillado. Screw it up. But he, then, and then he's just like, "Well, you can still write a twist, kind of thing." I'm like, uh, and it's like you painted my ass and. I mean, the, the banter's there, and it's real, and I appreciate that part of it, but it was like, he was always just so close to- I think if- I don't think he was a bad casting decision, necessarily, because I think he did a great job bouncing off of her, but I feel like maybe if they'd had the Poe from Witches of East End, this would have been a real slam dunk. This would have been a better show if they had the Poe from uh, the John Cusack I'm one where he dies. <laughs> you didn't like that, Latoya? <laughs> I was joking, but yes. So please go back and either listen or watch Witches of East End. That Poe is insane. Hey. Poe from that. Who oh, would, it's only one episode, really. I think. Who is no. the guy that okay. plays Poe in this? What else would I have seen him in? Because like every time, Kings, Kings, yeah. The first episode, the show that's based on David and Goliath loosely with Ian McShane and Sebastian Stan. I saw the first episode. Yeah, yes. he was David. He was a blonde in that, but he was David in the show. Is it a romantic comedy, a romantic movie, Juliet? He's also more recently been in Dominion, if you've seen that Okay, at all. here's the craziest thing. I have seen him in all of these things, and I have no memory of it. Like, at all. He, he is, is a really generic-looking dude. I think I actually know him from so Everwood, fast. to be totally honest. I know you know him from Everwood. I know. What else That's all I know. In? Everwood. Um, uh, he's been in a couple, like, Vanish, Aragon. Yeah. Home and away. Yeah. I just like I just can't keep him fixed in my head. Like I look at him Jeez. and then five minutes later I'm like, who was that? Well, it was funny because I like I didn't even recognize him because I I knew him from Kings and because I watched I think pretty much all of it and then and I didn't even recognize him because he's because he's dark haired with like a little like the little facial hair thing that he's got going on. I mean, we should say though what's interesting about and this the casting, eyeliner. What's interesting about this casting choice is though. He, we were mentioning all this, like, he has a surfer dude thing. The dude is Australian, so yeah. it's, it's a, certainly it's a, it's a choice for him to do that accent, but he does a successful job of making you think that's his actual accent. It's just his American accent, because he's an Right, but you can change what kind of an American accent you well, have based on your only accent. Well, if you're good Yeah, because if he's Boston, well, if he's Boston, yeah, I mean, he could, he could feasibly get away with something, but 
I think if they were trying to, they were tr- obviously they were trying to go for something where he was more like modern chill, sounding. Chill dude. <laughs> like, he's a real chill dude. <laughs> I'm oh, seriously, gosh. I seriously just pulled up a picture of him as Poe, and I was like, who is that? <laughs> who is that? <laughs> I it's contagious! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's wow. contagious. It is contagious. I never had this problem before, Mora. Well, to be honest, though, if I saw him walking down the street, I probably wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> like, he's a good looking guy, but I just yeah, don't he's cute. have any. He's cute. I just. Oh yeah. Who? Who? Tab 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 she was Kara like, from. I guess. I, I honestly, stand by. I only saw her Even in a though, little picture, and I was like, "Is that Natalie Dormer?" And I blew it up, and I'm like, "I don't know who that is." <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> not Natalie Dormer. But, but with the blonde hair, with the blonde hair, she looks even more like Natalie Dormer. Yeah. I stand by my decision to say that he has like the voice equivalents of Matt Zucri because I feel like he looks like the child of Matt Zucri. And he does. Um, and he does um, like oh my god, Zucri. I'm blanking on his name. Matt. Yeah, well, it is Christian Slater. It's like a young Christian Slater. But, oh, yeah, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, um, Mazzucri, a little bit Mazzucri, a little bit Zach Rorig, which is, like, a little, like, oh, yeah, kind of just a little bit, if you know Matt Donovan from Vampire Diaries, but, like, it's, he's got a little bit of both. He is, he's, like, an amalgam of all. <laughs> it's really generic, with almost, like, a touch of, like, a Ryan Hansen, like, a real, like, a little pepper of <laughs> that's it. <laughs> a little you know, dash of Ryan, Ryan Hansen. Hansen as Poe would have been a choice, and I would have wholeheartedly <laughs> So this, this picture especially. That's a choice of the capital yeah. C, and I would have been behind that 100%. But yeah, I would have too. I mean, that would be hilarious. Okay, this is it. We've got to re- we're recasting. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I just found. Oh my gosh, I just found uh, the Entertainment Weekly announcement from when they when they had the casting of Poe, and they're like, ABC, ca- ABC casts a sexy Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. Oh. One of the right. most... <laughs> one of the most intriguing projects of the fall, Poe reimagines the nebbish-looking cousin-marrying opium enthusiast <laughs> <laughs> as, oh a crime, as a crime fighter in 1840s Boston. <laughs> oh, it was Boston? Wow. I thought, for some reason, I've been thinking it was New York this whole time. <laughs> I'm really good at the details on this one. <laughs> you can't see me waving at my computer. <laughs> um, so, actually, this is interesting. So, of the cast, was Leslie Odom the only, uh, the only American? Yeah, I think he might be. Of the main characters. I think you're right. I didn't even think of that. Wow, that's kind of weird because it's like Poe, and you'd think that'd be. Yeah. I guess they don't have to be American, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is television. I forgot. I forgot it was television, guys. <laughs> Carly, thanks for pulling up that Entertainment Weekly because I just pulled it up, and this picture of Edgar Allan Poe that they put in it is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god! Please link the, it to the, us. So I'll, I'll, I'll include it in the show notes. Okay. But the quote, yeah. the quote that I read at the beginning of the um, of the inch my intro was an was another Entertainment Weekly 
uh, blurb from a different article. <laughs> they were like, what's next? Ernest Hemingway, medical examiner? I would watch it. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I just saw the picture. That's terrible. The, avi- the, Jesus. the aviators. Just picture Edgar Allan Poe's portrait with aviators on it. Here, here, wait, here. Wait, yeah, wait, are we, Latoya, are we gonna read the, the, the Poe fans' review of Poe? Oh, I could read that. Oh, please. Okay. Please. Okay, <laughs> okay continue. Okay, Not mine. Okay, yeah, so these are the shows that also got picked up or got canceled, you said? Series, I'll let you know which ones got canceled, okay. of course. Once upon a time, okay. that one's never gonna die, apparently. <laughs> Revenge! Oh. Revenge. Oh, wow. Rip. The River? Oh, yeah. I don't even remember that show. <laughs> I kind of vaguely. Was Joe that Anderson? The, and... Was that the sci fi? Oh, Joe Anderson, yeah. okay, yeah. The, uh, the one that was like in the. On, on the, the Amazon, Amazon River. yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. GCB, which I'm so furious, was canceled. GCB was so good. Did you guys watch GCB? I don't even know yeah, what that, that is. Oh, the Southern one? GCB, Christian Bitches. Yeah, I've seen that. Good Christian Bitches. Yeah, I've seen that. Leslie Bibb and Miriam Shaw and... That's why I saw it. Leslie Bibb. It's so good. And Kristen Chenoweth and... That's what I was going to say. It was Kristen Chenoweth in it. Yeah. You guys need to watch that. Uh, let me just tell you that we watched the show immediately. Cricket Carolyn's Wiley will be her new, like, everything. She's so good. Miriam Shore is so good in that show. Watch GCB, guys. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Damage Control, which is actually Scandal. But that was the original name for Scandal. Oh, oh my god. What was it? Wow. Scandal. Damage Control. Damage Control. Scandal. Which oh, makes wow. sense. But that's fascinating. Uh, let's see. Pan Am. Oh my god, rip. Oh, which is, we'll get to that. It's our next up episode. <laughs> let's see. Uh, does this get picture? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, last Man Standing. It's oh god. It was, it was that only went off the air recently, right? I think it lasted for a while. That's yeah, it just got cancelled. Oh, it Okay, now I got I'll look into it. Keep going. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what well, was wishful thinking? Because God knows we wanted that thing. To look, die. Mara stole my brain, so I can't remember anything <laughs> or recognize any people. Like, also, oh. can we go back for a second to the plot of, of Last Man Standing, not to get on too much of a tangent? The, like, the literal plot summary of the entire show is, a married father of three tries to maintain his manliness in a world of increasingly dominated yeah, by women. Yeah, that's right, that was the, that was the man session year, I forgot. Yeah, the man session year, guys. The plot also, summary like, the, of so many just, shows, well, you'll notice we're back in it again, coming into the next. Yeah, and just the pro- just the uh, promo image of it is like him in front of a grill that's burning. Because sure, we want that. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? Are there Continue. sausages on the grill? God. Oh uh, my God, they probably are. Oh God, damn it. Which we discussed in our coupling U.S. episode because Chris Moynihan, that charisma vacuum of comedy, motorcycle, yeah, that damn show. Season. Yeah. So good. I watched it a million times. Uh, Suburbatory. 
Oh, Suburgatory. I loved Suburgatory. Suburgatory. Let's talk about some weird chemistry there. With between the dad and the daughter. Like. <laughs> that needed some retooling and fast. My God. Uh, <laughs> it really did. Like, the plot of Suburgatory is so tentatively creepy because, like, all you needed to do was just change the, the names from being a father and daughter to a husband and wife and it would have fit exactly the same. <laughs> oh no. I mean they happen to be in high school but. Alright. Oh my god. See that's another weird like like not period but like weirdness. Like, oh you know I like that one. A lot. <laughs> I liked Alcatraz a lot, but like, it didn't really have a great No, it was terrible, but I loved it. Yeah. The which one? Sorry. The lead on Alcatraz. I couldn't tell you her name. Oh my god, what was her name? I knew her though. I thought she was. Why did I know her? No, I remember. I, I just remember her. being really excited every time they brought in the criminal of the week, and like it was always somebody you knew who it was. Like it was a guy from Band of Brothers, or. It's a yeah. It's the most boring reason why. Like the show was not good. I don't even I know. Like, how, I supporting like, cast. I guess I didn't Sam know. Neil. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Sam Neil was, was great. Okay. And Jorge Garcia, who I love. We, found, so the, apparently, we found the real reason why I loved it. Yeah. And the only thing she's done of note, I think, is Sons of Anarchy, maybe. Vegas, I guess. Surprise, surprise. I cannot remember. <laughs> I didn't see anything point. else. I thought I knew her from something. It's really weird. She's a generic face. Yeah. I probably did. Was in, uh, let's see, Awake that season on NBC. Oh, shit. Oh, man, Awake. Speaking of, like, Sad Guild. I think that show would have actually done better if they had kept No Strings Attached as the name. Well, no, obviously New Girl worked, but like it didn't work after the first season, though. Like it was weird. No, no, you're right. I, 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 I mean in the sense that it would have been better to name it something other than New Girl. I didn't really think that through. <laughs> like No Strings Attached is terrible. Well, that's New Girl. Yeah, New Girl only applied after. For season one only, exactly. and that it didn't yeah. make any sense to they, keep no, that. No, they should have just like, called it Cougar Town. I was gonna say when they just changed the name of Cougar Town, I'm like, <laughs> it was like, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like, and they're like, let's, let's put it to vote to the fans. <laughs> like, no, no it's terrible. Like, let's just keep it. Who's that girl? Jess. I mean, that would have at least. Like who's that girl? Who's that? Been? Who's that girl? Yeah. That would have been funny as hell. So yeah. Season, NBC picked up the Playboy Club, which was just how the Playboy Club was nuts. Smash. 
Gwim. Was Alcatraz? Wow, kept that for a while. Tom Suspects, which is good. No! Awake, I missed that. That was a good show, too. Awake, which was titled R.E.M. at this stage. Let's see, I didn't get to... That didn't get... What did it get? No. Alcatraz was Vegas. Oh my god, free agents! Oh my god, yeah. I remember that. We did pick up a show with Anna Camp and Nick Thune. What's wrong with you people? Well, she got, she got beat because of that, so I guess we'd be happy. Are you there, Monica? It's me, Chelsea. Or, or as well. it shortens, are you there, Chelsea? Which made no sense. Yeah, that's what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. Like, how do you describe someone when you watch a show called Are You There, Chelsea? Who's it star? I don't know. Someone named Chelsea? Like, it makes zero sense. Like, come on, man. Just take a second when you're naming your show. Oh my god, that means it was also the season of Bent. Oh. Yes, bring back Bent. Y'all did it dirty, you know it. <laughs> Y'all did it dirty. <laughs> you two can like team up and like take on Bent versus the world. You're two of the people I know who are most devastated by this cancellation. I'm so upset still. I'm so mad. Oh my god. I can't, I can't do it. I won't open that vein again. I won't do it. I won't. That was so good. Uh, Whitney. I even heard of that, and I'm so happy that I didn't until just now. <laughs> like, I'd never heard of that. Yikes. They did not pick up a, a sitcom starring Rob Riggle and Constance Zimmer, so. Oh no. Aww. <laughs> now That'd she can be an un Unreal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because you're saying, like, the reason why a lot of people got other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, that was 2011. It could have been canceled by then, and she would have done Unreal anyway. So. You're yeah, not, yeah, you're true. not wrong. No, I know. No, I feel true. like if that one got picked up, that would have run for, like, Oh yeah. Oh god. I love that you couldn't tell. Like that's the best part of that. <laughs> like look, I love Elijah Dushku, but like she hasn't done comedy in a long time. I don't know how that would go. I'm sure she'd be great, but it'd be weird. It'd be a weird show. It's Elijah Dushku and Damon Wade. That sounds amazing. It does. It's, don't get me wrong. It does. But I'm just. That sounds amazing. It sounds more like it could be a drama, to be honest. Though, <laughs> like, because the last thing I saw him in was pretty sad at moments. So I don't know. And of course, uh, Rob, the Rob Schneider sitcom. Oh, God. <laughs> we we gotta hear this this review from a pro fan, please. Because I'm dying for it. Yeah. 
<laughs> alright, alright, where is it? I had it on my phone, I think. Yeah. Is that what that was? I keep saying that come up in the in the in my Google search. Yeah, I just never clicked. Okay, on. here we go. Here we go. I'm excited for this. Yes, do it. I was gonna say or like paragraphs, maybe. Paragraphs. Oh, I love that there are paragraphs to this. So I'll I'll read like the first paragraph, and then when you find it. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. So this is from this is the Dread Central review posted on May 6, 2011, by Mr. Dark. <laughs> Mr. Dark? Mr. Dark. Okay, alright. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Dark. Poe is in. Edgar, that is. He's a hot property. John Cusack (laughs) is playing him in a major feature film. Jeffrey Combs is blowing away audiences as Poe in his one-man show. And now ABC has bought this pilot featuring a young Poe as a private detective of sorts in Boston in the 1840s. I had the luck to get my hands on a screener of the pilot episode, and my feelings are decidedly mixed. because I wanted to be shady, but continue. tortured in real life at this point so I think he played it at least somewhat more believably than oh. Egan. Here we go. This is my favorite line from, from their view. The writing also does not hold up to Poe's standards. <laughs> this is a run-of-the-mill police procedural. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh. And then he keeps and then he keeps and then he calls uh, C.C. Scully a couple times. He goes... Poe is accompanied by the plucky yet gorgeous reporter Celeste Chevalier, Natalie Dormer, who clearly has a thing for Poe despite being a staunch skeptic when it comes to the supernatural. Our apologies, Chris Carter. <laughs> Alright, first of all, never apologize to Chris Carter. Like, <laughs> 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 you're being you. Natalie Dormer's credit, sweet. You said Chris Regan. No. Yeah. No. Well, together they romp it. through Boston, and then he goes, uh, Skull, I mean Celeste, insists science is the culprit, and off we go. <laughs> I feel like I'm making some good points. I don't know. We made some of the similar points, but yeah, I I agree that it's he's it's a little bit off the wall. 
Oh, here we go. What they get right, they get very right. <laughs> yeah, what they get wrong, primarily the casting and character of Poe, they completely botch as badly as possible. While seemingly in touch with the feeling of Poe's work and many little details involving it, they can't even sort out the man's hair color. <laughs> One one gets the idea that the primary character exists solely to attract women, but the hook of the show is the connection to reality. The man named Edgar Allan Poe who captures our imaginations and chills our souls. Egan's Poe couldn't chill a penguin sitting on the highest peak in Antarctica. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, God. He couldn't chill a penguin. Like, if this was written, at, like, sardonically, it would be brilliant. Let's just be honest there, okay? <laughs> I couldn't chill a Final, final verdict, two out of five bloody knives. <laughs> for the, for the Pope I feel like that two, two bloody knives is generous. That's pretty generous. <laughs> Well, it's funny because he, like, the whole review, he, like, talks about how the sh- how good the show looks and, like, how Boston is a character in the show and it's a strong one. Like, <laughs> but, and they do the supernatural thing well, but he just keeps harping on the fact that the guy is like, this is not Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> and I feel like that's, like, that's, like, the biggest detract. That's, like, the biggest detractor for this fan, I think, is the guy that's, like, not, does you cannot buy him as Poe. <laughs> I would also like to know Rain Wilson or something. Backstrom two point Ooh. Oh, that'd be great. Oh. I can I can see a lot of people can't. The thing of Poe is that really it just depends on your performance. And that's why I think it's so interesting. I mean, I brought up before Elementary is that I think before we started watching that, Johnny Lee Miller was a bizarre choice for a Sherlock Holmes yeah. in theory because he's such a like a wild card. Like he could go hacker or he could go like like uh, any of the like a uh, random. Uh, he's been in a bunch of like um, Jane Austen movies too. Like so he could go one way or the other. Like you could see him doing it one versus the other, but he actually managed to do like kind of like a tight walk of both. Like he had a little bit of the old school. Old world. Uh, old school Sherlock Holmes and the more modern Sherlock Holmes because we have the modern version of Holmes in, in a couple different shows, including yeah. the Towns, for But it, 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 I think it's a different kind of point of view where I almost feel like they were trying for something like a Johnny Lee Miller. I feel like Johnny Lee Miller could have played Poe in this very easily. It's a similar character. It's just, he, they, it's a little more grounded in the sense that he is like, haunted in a real way, whereas I feel like we get, we get the fact that this guy's haunted. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I think the problem partly is that he, he obviously is haunted in, in the literal sense, because that's what the plot tells us he's haunted, but he's such a happy-go-lucky guy the rest of the time, it's a little hard to take him as seriously as, say, I, Sherlock, who, yeah. despite being charming at times, is clearly always pretty devastated by his past, like, nonstop. Which is, I mean, it's a different style of show. It's going to be a sadder show. Elementary is not as goofy as this show was for any stretch of the imagination. It's much darker. It's got some of that old world vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed this immensely, but more just like in a, a frolic through like what could have been rather than, I don't, if, if this ever went to series, I feel like it could have been a, a high profile disaster. <laughs> In the likes of, like, it reminds me of Sleepy Hollow again, in a way, because that show had a pretty similar goof-out, like, camp premise 
that I think succeeded in some ways in, like, the pilot, like this did. But my god, did they lose control of that horse, like, right out the gate. And it never got back yeah. in. And it's, it's been terrible since. And I don't even know how this... I hope this would never get to that point, but you don't know. Which it really feels Yeah, and it really feels very very much like I can see where the the fingerprints and and, and backstory was to their their career because it's very close to that. Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that they write for the originals has the similar, like, campiness but also... And even, like, honestly, 66 Park Avenue as much as we joke about it, that's a really... I don't want to keep going back to Old World, but it's a very like, old school premise. Like, that is a very Rosemary's Baby show that happens to be set in modern times. So, that's what we really spent a lot of time talking about in that episode. I recommend you go back and listen to it. So... He has a really good ability of, like, switching between those two, but I think this one was a little bit too campy, almost. Like, I think, like we said, too many network notes, and it probably ended up killing it in the long run, because you couldn't really... It's his first time doing it, too, so he got better about, you know, tightening those little... Like, you can't change this, because this is part of the actual plot. Whereas this, it felt like they could change everything, and they did, and it was just a disaster afterwards. A a stylistically beautiful and, and hilarious disaster, but a disaster all the same. But... yeah. Oh, man. Also, by the way, guys, he also wrote for Kyle XY and Alias, so... Smart dude. Oh. He, he didn't start as KJ's assistant. Smart. Oh. Smart. Yeah. His first his first and only Alias episode was still, a very, I think, a pretty good episode, even though it was in the latter seasons. Oh, do you know who... Do you know who directed? It was uh, Alex Graves. Of The West Wing and Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. That's, he made a good decision, too, where you really had to kind of do the entire, like, like uh, visual language of the entire show in just the pilot episode, like all pilots do, so. And I think he did a good job. I feel like this, that's one of the strongest points of the episode, is that whatever you thought of the episode's plot, they were beautifully directed, and it was stylistically very, very interesting to look at. Yeah. And it might and, not have held up 100%, Boston, but it would have at least been Boston was a very strong character, as we know. I still can't believe some of the stuff... <laughs> 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 this is so, it's so shady, but Mr. No, I, I, Mr. Mara so Dark. Shady. <laughs> That's my byline. So shady, uh, but I I feel like there are parts of this episode where I, I forget how much of it might have been like you know um, CG or whatever, but I think there are parts where it almost like it cranes up above the city and there's like just horses walking by and stuff, and that that to me is like an expensive shot regardless of its TV or movies, so you can appreciate the fact that they at least did that for the pilot, and at least that exists somewhere for people to watch. So, thank you, insane episode of TV, Poe pilot. Again, it's hard to find, so I don't know if they're gonna, you know, make this as available as we'd like it to be, because everyone deserves to have it in their life, for sure. Um, But if you're able to watch it, watch it. Um, It's certainly... I think worth your time. I I was found it a complete delight. I know it sounds like we we kind of um, went heavy handed on it a little bit, but I I really enjoyed it. It was completely like we watch a lot of stuff that's really campy and ridiculous. That's a lot less um, rewarding to watch. This was actually very fun, and I think light in a way that you weren't 
kind of bogged down in the rest of the, like I did, it almost didn't matter that there wasn't a series that came after this because it's almost like enough to watch just this on its own um, but yeah so alright well let's move on to plugs so what's up with you Latoya? I would like to plug uh, the Wonder Woman pilot and the latest series. It's really easy to find. That one's really easy to find. Easy to find. Yeah. True. So, With uh, Adrian Pilecki. So, mm-hmm. if you need to know which yeah. one we're talking about. I think that's the only one that's really popular. cheaply made. Just watch, just watch <laughs> that. NBC was just scrimping on that budget. Like, what the hell? You're going to see show you're not going to spend money to always make the costume look good? Come on, son. Uh, let's see, I also, since I mentioned Rob Schneider's sitcom that existed, remember. Rob, You're plugging that? I'm not doing that. I'm plugging uh, his daughter. Uh, oh, okay. King, and her music good. Because good. I learned this weekend that L. King is Rob Schneider's daughter, and it's insane to me. I know. Talk about good mother mother jeans, you know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> those jeans would be very strong. Yes. changed it. I'm not I'm not punny anymore, sorry. Sorry listeners. Uh so yeah, Twitter on Twitter at Carly Lane. Uh I weekend editor at the Mary Sue, which you can find at themarysue.com. I'm one of the co hosts for Supergirl Radio, where we talk about the uh formerly CBS now moving to the CW for oh, season yeah. two mm. Supergirl show. Lots to talk also, about, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna do an episode uh probably soon about that just about that move because we have thoughts about it. Mm. Um and the the tie in comic uh that we've been reading and really enjoying. So awesome. check it out. Yay, and what's up with you, Lisa? Uh I'm on Twitter as always at OC Ferrer and uh you can see the latest that I'm up to with writing on lisashinninger.com and uh Bossy Britches is going to be spinning back up this summer. Yay! I'm excited. I I would like to plug Hamilton because it needs all the help it can get. Like guys go out and listen to it. It's it's the little musical that could if you just give it a little attention. Oh jeez. Alright, and <laughs> as always I am at Mara E on Twitter. Um you can see my stuff on uh the Televixin and over the summer I'm hopefully gonna be able to write some more stuff for them too. Um the next episode of this show is gonna be Charlie's Angels. Speaking of, we're gonna get stuck in twenty eleven pilot season for another uh, episode. We're going to watch Season 1, Episode 8, They're Not Saints. So stick around for that for some more, speaking of 66 Park Avenue, Rachel Taylor Love. Yes. Um, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. I've, I've heard nothing but great things about this show, and I hope you can enjoy the other side of the penny when it comes to um, what I would consider successful pilots <laughs> slash uh, pilot season of 2011. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes to get our drunk entourage uh, commentary. We only have nine more to go, and Latoya has to do it. So log on to iTunes, even if you haven't done it in a while. Just hit 
hit five stars for making Latoya mad about having to watch Entourage the movie. Um, and then uh, review us there. <laughs> and then um, you can find us and other episodes on thetelevoid.com and then email us at thetelevoid.gmail.com. And in the meantime, guys, thanks for wandering into the Televoid. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey.